Welcome to Advanced Fashion Disruption, with co-hosts Benson Roberts III and Megan Somerville, where we discuss the tragic, the predatory, the glory, and the deep beauty of fashion. Hey, Benson. I'm sorry, I was trying not to pass gas. <laughs> I did not want to begin today's uh, podcast with a burp. Although, <laughs> That's honestly, that might be appropriate for the... Uh, subject matter today we're going to discuss the line between good and evil in fashion i walk the line between good and evil okay let's get into it well and like why is it why is it important why why would we want to talk about the good and evil and and how is fashion being portrayed as good and me personally, I feel like a lot of what's going in, on in fashion that I feel is evil is behind um, a veil um, and that it remains in this kind of dark place that people don't really like to talk about. Um, and so, you know, before we actually started recording, you were saying, you know, let's talk about the fashion good that um, people that's out there that people are saying it's good, but it's actually evil and vice versa. And so I feel like, you know, there's a lot of um untoward press or um imagery out there promoting the goodness of what's going on in localized fashion but the reality is that there's some pretty evil shit going on in the back end um, uh, and, and we saw that in a in a microcosm and aces in austin texas when we were there together yeah there was some stuff that everyone lauded as good and wonderful and wholesome that was actually just as foul and abhorrent as it could be. Yeah. And, and people's tendency um, to say like, okay, well just let's not talk about it. And you know, we, we can continue to play along and I'm just not cool with that status quo. I'm not cool with being quiet when I'm seeing something going on that's not right. Um, and I just don't, it's kind of like the whole emperor's new clothes, you know, like, well, like how can y'all watch him walk around in a diaper and tell him it's great? You know, like, I just, I don't get it, man. Well, you know, I, I think that um, that's a really complex statement there. I, I think that, that a lot of people just, don't have the self-confidence to speak up when they see something going on. I think that the people who generally do speak up when they see something going on are, are Karens. Like they're going on about something that is not even important. They're going to call out the fact that the, the shoes were made in Korea instead of the fact that the photographer was fingering the model. Uh, so it, it gets lost in this echo chamber of self-importance. Um, but it is it is important to understand what best practices and standards are. And like any industry, the fashion industry, the modeling industry, the hair industry, the makeup industry, the apparel manufacturing industry, every one of these facets of our industry have best practices uh, and standards. And I think that, that um, one of the things I noticed in Austin and that I am noticing here, and honestly, as I get to know Denver's market a little bit better, I'm seeing it in aces there, is the la 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 la
that happens when, when <laughs> yeah, love yeah, it. My, my, my dogs are like, yeah, hey, hey, it's me. Come on. It's me. I, literally, there's, yeah, they don't like this. <laughs> but it, it happens. My God. My dogs. I have, I have uh, three dogs and they're uh, really rambunctious today. Um, but the minute a conversation starts, people will put their fingers in their ears and la la, la 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 in a way, or they will misdirect or they will gaslight. Um, and it, it, it's all like this big shit show of a media presentation. Hey, hey, <laughs> literally. Okay, maybe somebody's trying to break in. I'll be right back. Yeah. <laughs> it's always Amazon. <laughs> no, no, ma'am. Sit, make a sit. You are very good. Thank you. She's like, I told you there was someone trying to kill us. Yes. Okay. So essentially this person that I was talking to in this Facebook group was advocating for a model starting out to attend a local thing here. And I was... I was adamant about, you know, letting uh, a voice be heard of like, hey, that as somebody who's professional in this business, that's not something I would recommend aligning your brand with. Um, and these are the reasons because there's not usually meaningful business um, uh, industry people there um, in fashion um, or press. And so this person comes in like, you know, this is a really good opportunity for them. They should be doing, you know, essentially advocating still. Right for this. And I'm like, listen, it's not sustainable for us as designers. They take advantage of a lot of people and they have a party on the backs of our money and our labor. Right. And so if you want to be a part of that dark side, then go ahead. If you want that karma in your life, go do it, please. Yeah, you know, I don't, I, don't, I, you know, I have to always wonder uh, when people get overly ambitious and promoting the idea of doing something that is just an abomination, do they get a kickback is this just their friend that they're trying to help or are they just so fucking ignorant themselves that they don't understand that they're inviting people uh to to uh, um to a molestation uh, posing as a show well and and they were also indicating that most people that do shows in new york actually have okay things to say about the show in denver and i was like hang on Hang on. They're either under duress or they're deluded. <laughs> because there's no way that the show here locally remotely comes close to New York Fashion Week. At all. Right? At all. Period. At all. It is not, there is no show in Austin. <sighs> That is like New York Fashion Week at all. Zero. Zip. No. And I would venture to say, not being in Detroit, not being from Detroit, there is no show in Detroit that is like New York Fashion Week at all. <laughs> we, we have um, two shows a year that have the production value and show amazing stuff like New York Fashion Week, but it's not a week of it. Uh, it's usually a fundraiser for the uh, Detroit Institute of Arts. Uh, the Fash Bash, um, and that is designers and models from all over the country. And it's, it's I mean, it, it's amazing. It is something that I would see in New York. And then um, 
there's an independent version of that that really is well produced and put together, although it hasn't run in a few years and I don't know that it will recover. But you're right. I mean, New York Fashion Week is show after show after show after show, all of them with top rate production quality, all of them with top rate talent walking the runway, all of them. Uh, they've all fought over the best hair and makeup artists in the city uh, to have those presentations. So um, comparing, even comparing like the Fash Bash here to New York Fashion Week, I would compare it to a show that I would see at New York Fashion Week, certainly. But no, it's not like New York Fashion Week because it's one night, one night only, one night only. Right. Um, and and I have zero zip nada problem with fundraising for nonprofit shows. I love the ones that are in my heart space that I participate in. I have no problem with that. But what New York Fashion Week and LA Fashion Week are are about is business, not cool. Miami a, Miami Swim Week. And, yep, Same thing. Yep same thing it's about business it's not about raising funds for charity and so while i have zero problem with people doing shows for charity because they are helping that particular nonprofit raise money for a cause that they feel strongly about 100 do it absolutely get your feet wet there but the individuals that are promoting these as a fashion week have a profound misunderstanding about the business that's going on and i feel like that's where that evil comes in of like it you're trying to guise this into being something grander than it is you know and that's why i use the term molestation because this type of behavior is grooming you are grooming people to think that one thing is another and in the end, you're going to take advantage of their creativity, their spirit, uh, and their finances. It's it's it, it's a form of molestation. You're setting them up to believe that you're that you're giving them an opportunity that's going to help them have a career, and all it's doing is enriching you. It's like a it's like it's like a pimp. In fact, yeah. I think we should just start calling it. Stop, let's stop calling them party promoters and start calling them what they are. They're pimps. It's pimp week. They're, they're pimping people out. Uh, uh, and, and how much, how much on a shit collection, Megan, you're going to show 10 shit pieces, 10 pieces that you really, you know, just didn't put yourself into, but, but, you know, they're just commercial grade pieces and you know, they'll sell. How much do you spend on 10? You mean like how much would I spend to, if on a show? Showing, if you were showing 10 ready to wear lingerie pieces, how much would you actually spend on the pieces? Uh, textile and time. Is that what you're talking about? Yep. 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 Um, a minimum of a hundred dollars each garment minimum. Okay. Okay. It depends on the intricacy. Like you would lead in with something a little bit smaller, uh, less involved if you're showing such a small collection. Right. And then lead up into your larger pieces that have a lot more hours work and materials in them. And so like we start even at a minimum of, you know, a hundred bucks and then you're going up from there um, into the thousands um, for your final look. So if I showed uh, the small micro collection that I did for Jose Luis salons that was featured in uh, seven Hughes magazine, that collection, just five, just five pieces, five looks 
uh, it's uh, 15, 16, 17 pieces altogether because uh, three of the looks were three pieces. Um, we're looking at a thousand hours for all the work. Mm -hmm, right. At, 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 if I'm only paying somebody 20 bucks an hour for that work, it's $20,000 for the work. This doesn't include the price of all the pearls. Uh, so like, like if I were just to make a simple t-shirt style bra and a really, really quick panty, that's what I'm talking about in the time material wise in that smaller category. But you're right. It goes way up as soon as you start putting more detail details. So like the black lace dresses, uh, those black lace dresses, each of them are $15 minimum and uh, just stretch lace at a wholesale price. Uh, another 20 bucks in trim. If I've got a yoke on it, then it's another 20 bucks for the yoke. If I did some beading on it, then it's another you know $8 mm -hmm. for the beads mm -hmm. and, and rhinestones. And that's just the cost of the materials. So when you're asking somebody to show 10 pieces that they've created, you can bet your ass that the minimum they will spend is about $2,000. Yeah. Minimum. Minimum. So how, many, how many times can you ask them to show a collection to make people buy tickets to put in your bank account without giving them anything of value in return? What do you suppose is the end result? We saw it time and time again in Austin with some of the most talented designers yeah. just finally being burnt out and broke and, and, and forlorn that, that uh, all of that their- they their did trip, it wrong. That they did it wrong. All of their trips to Austin uh, Fashion Week um, yielded nothing, and they felt like they failed. And what it was, and I kept, I kept telling them, Megan, you know, you you watched me tell them, mm -hmm. spend the money on going to market, spend the money on going mm -hmm. to go to Magic. Oh my God, go to Magic. Go to the International Fashion Boutique Show. You should go to swim, uh, swim and or pool or, um, but they just wanted, and you know what it is? It's 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 kind of pathetic. I think that they do it because they like the positive feedback from their friends and family and community. I really think that in the end, maybe they're not total victims. They are sort of applause and, and likes and uh, media junkies. Well, and I would have to say that um, part of that wholesale package that's being sold to them is, you know, if you have a image of your stuff coming down the runway with your name in the background and a good looking model and a great hair team and um, you get a bunch of likes online, then that, that is going to directly relate to you making sales when that's not true. And I don't know about you, Benson, but I love my friends and I love my family. <clears throat> But traditionally, until I've had my best friend um, in my life, I the statement that I'm about to make was absolutely true, that I had more complete strangers be helpful in the sale and promotion of what I do than my own friends and family. Because the friends and family always want the discount. Well, they either want the discount or... or free. They, they, or they just don't think to support us. Right. Um, and and I'm not saying that I want all of my friends and family to buy my particular product because I know some of their body types and I know that a different brand might be better for them or is going to fit their needs. And I'm not willing to shift my entire production to be able to create that. 
And I'm okay with releasing those types of um, interactions, but I can also say the complete strangers that have come into my life that have fell in love with the aesthetic that I produce have been far greater voices and advocates um, than people have been in my life for decades and decades and decades. And, and, and to clarify, we're not saying that we expect the people in our lives to be our customers and advocates. No. We don't have to. It's fine. But we're pointing <laughs> that out because folks who do these these uh, uh, abomination shows uh, to get their friends and family there with the expectation of somehow selling it doesn't work. Our family is not our market. Our family is not our market. I mean, they might buy a dress out of pity. They might. You might I don't have want some friends that feel so sorry for you that they buy a few. But who wants that? I don't want that. Okay. Do you remember? Do you, do you, you might remember because I, 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 this is a little secret that we're going to share with our listening audience. I've always been a bit cunty. Um, I'm one of the gays and I'm old. So. I, I, I leaned over to Megan at some show we were at, and I said, you know, Megan, when the designer shows up looking better than anything they put on the runway, there's a problem. Oh, God. And right? that I saw that so often in Austin, and I see it here. I'm like, you put way more work into what you're wearing. You put way more thought into your hair and makeup for your little itty-bitty tip out at the end than you did for what you're showing. How dare you? Like, you know, I, I remember when I showed up for the Austin Fashion Awards, um, people were shocked that I wore a jacket because I showed up to all those fashion shows looking like I looked like I had just come from the factory because I had. Mm -hmm. I, I, I'm not on display here. That was always so weird um, in Austin at some of those fundraisers that I did that they wanted me somehow to show up and do the runway with my model. And I'm like, it's not about me, though. I don't want to present. I I. Uh, but that's what they did. They were yeah. all in the ego and the air and the um, idea of being in fashion. And so they wanted to become celebrities. And, and you're, you're okay. So you're the king of, you're the king of a hollow hill. <laughs> good it's a good thing you know how to sew and make a flag for that hill. <laughs> good for you, honey. I, I mean, there, there was one young woman who was so talented back in Austin, no names. She was so talented that she actually should have gone someplace a uh, bit of a drinker and way too into the idea of being a designer as opposed to just being a designer. And um, I, it was, it, I, I, I thought this, this, this one designer could go all the way, but she never did. I think that they're still in Austin doing the same thing whenever somebody bothers to do some sort of a fashion show or competition. Um, I used to say around the time of Austin Fashion Week when inevitably my social media and email would fill up with all of the people begging me to be on their teams. And that quadrupled after the first time that I actually entered a team and won. And I would have to make a public statement that the only competition I was interested in the only thing that I wanted to win was the repeat client who is happy with my work. That is the competition I'm involved in. Please, I never picked up my gold spray-painted cowboy boot and never intended to. <laughs> I got four. I uh. never, never, I don't even know whose foot was in this. I don't 
want your used, stinky-ass, old, gold, spray-painted football. No, we did this to show, again, to show that a team from some little small fashion hub like Austin could do a global um, level editorial picture. Yeah. And we did. And and so that I, I, I'm not surprised we won. But um, we, we did what we had set out to do. So I was never going to enter that again. They hated me enough for winning the first time. Can you imagine <laughs> if I'd entered every year and just kept winning? Right, right. And, and I think that even the amount of time and work that y'all put in to just making that a statement, that people would be astounded. Like the entire team <laughs> went to the location, <laughs> you know, like, right, so right. when, when people are talking about, you know, asking designers, hair, makeup models um, to be doing things for free at a for-profit model, how many asks do you get before those thousands of dollars that that person you're asking to do these things for free is spending doing those things free for you? is tired of it. And I think that that's the evil that's being presented as, look at this shiny good thing that we've been talking about, but I want to go ahead. And, and, and that, that, uh, that, that Austin mashup team, everyone on those teams paid money to be on those teams. Oh yeah. In my case, I was both the designer and the makeup artist. So I paid two fifty. The model paid one fifty. We, the three of us, our three principals split that. So I paid, uh, uh, 300. No, it was 125 and 125. I paid 250 and another 50. So I paid 300 and the photographer paid uh, 200 and then the hairdresser paid 200 so that we covered the model's fee. Um, but like, so when we won, there was just a, a used cowboy boot spray painted gold. Mm -hmm. And you had 30 teams that year figuring that each of them gave you at least $500 mm -hmm. and produced work that you didn't have anything to do with producing. Yeah. And then did a fashion show finale night for you for free. You couldn't have come up with at least, I, I, I mean, let's say you made $15,000. Could you not have given away uh, 3000 2000 and 1000 to the top three? Yeah. That would have at least been a return, but we we did it for legacy, and it is it, it is that it is that foul, horrible thing wrapped up like, um, well, it, it really is just a used cowboy boot spray painted gold. All the glitters, <laughs> it's not gold. I mean, it really is just it's that thing wrapped up and made to look good, and really, it's it's they're they're feeding you poison wrapped in chocolate. And you need to know the difference. It, it, it breaks my heart. And I see it all. I still see it. I see it all the time with young designers mm -hmm. when they start down that, that specific road. And I, I can't stop them. I can tell them. I can warn them. I can point them in a better direction. But if, if they believe that people somehow this belief that people seeing our stuff is good, like, no, no, no one should see that shit yet. Like it's it's actually bad that people are seeing your missown, poor, poorly constructed, ill-fitting garments. You're not doing yourself a favor by being seen. Not all exposure is good. Ask the flasher who's in jail. Mm. Not all exposure is good, people. It's and and you're being taken advantage of. And Megan's so right. Megan, you're so right. So what do we do about it? 
we talk about it. We let people know that. Um, I, I, I can't be violent. I can't be violent. Like, no. I can't be violent either. I just can't. Okay. Okay. No violence. Fine. Fine. Um, but I think that the status quo um, until very recently has been um, if you talk about it, you're going to be ostracized, which we've both experienced. Yeah. Um, and, or if you shut up about it, maybe we'll let you play with us, which I also find is bullshit. And so instead, I refuse to take any of that. I want it to change. I want to change the world. I want to change the way that these interactions are made because it makes a difference to me about how my team feels when they are working on my product, it's almost like that book. I don't know if you ever read like Water for Chocolate, but no, but I saw the movie. Oh my god! Okay, so essentially, you know, pouring intention into her yes. making food has yes. a measurable magic in yes. the thing. Okay, so I believe this about clothing that and imagery that all of the individuals involved with an image or with a project pour their intention and their magic into that thing and it makes it a better and more magical thing but when you pollute it with ill intention then there the, this magic is negated and i think that that's why i see such a you know i want to pound my fists on the table and like open your fucking eyes about what's going on and we can change this, but people have been so scared to say something or that person's the leader in the community and they've really done good things for the fashion community. Like, I'm tired of it. I'm tired of it. That is not an excuse for shit behavior. It's not an excuse. So I'm going to handle those in reverse order. <laughs> we'll, we'll see if my new brain medication's working. Um no, it's not working. I completely forgot what I was going to say. Here's here's the, here's here's here it is. Um, it is not a good thing for the fashion community if you are putting on a show that will yield absolutely no results in the marketplace. If you are not helping people to show and sell, you are not helping your industry. Um, jumping back to the idea what, what what were you talking about because it was really important it was salient um, um talking about putting magic into clothing putting intention oh, yeah. so, so everyone around my house knows that I, I and they've heard me say when i live with people i i won't cook when i'm angry like i i, I want to make dinner oh, but no. i won't cook for you i'm, I'm having a bad mm -hmm. i and, and i won't sew when i'm angry because because that energy does go into the food and the clothing. And I, I feel that I have an ethical responsibility not to poison people or to, to create garments that are going to transfer my negative bullshit to them. And you guys mm -hmm. can call us mystical schmistical, but babies, we know thermodynamics and the law of attractions. All of this is, is, is just science that we don't necessarily understand. Quantum yet. entanglement with Quantum entanglement, my right? actual it's... particles on your clothing on forever. Your clothing. <laughs> because when I'm not feeling well or when I'm angry or when I'm agitated or when I'm sad, I know I'm putting off uh, if nothing else, I'm putting off pheromones that will be in your clothing. Mm -hmm. So I, you know, it, it is okay to not do things uh, when you're angry, unless you're making an angry coat, and then 
definitely make an angry code. Anger is just an energy, and it can be directed into a positive direction. Well, um, and I, I think that that's a perfect example of fashion and evil and intention of like when Melania Trump was wearing that jacket that said, I don't really care. Do you? Some version of that. Do you remember that? When she went down to visit the um, border um, cages of children in Texas I'm, back I'm sorry, when the I'm, tangerine. I'm sorry, you just said Melania and I threw up. I had <sighs> to up for a moment. And, and and for her to pretend like that was not on purpose. No, that was... That was well, deeply evil. You know that was deeply not, evil. Not, that was deeply fashion evil. And I want to know who the fuck made that code. That is yeah. not a message that I... That I uh, yeah, and, and no, I'm not censoring the code. But um, I would like to under... You know, I'm, I'm going to rephrase that. I would like to understand the intention of the designer who put that on the code. Why did they put that on the code? That might have been just an ironic statement uh, calling out people like uh, the Trumps for pretending to care. I don't know. I'm not going to make that value judgment, but that was, that was evil. Mm -hmm. Do you remember when, uh, uh, when the inauguration, how many designers were asked and refused to make her a gown Yeah. for the inauguration? Yeah. Who ended up making her gown? I don't know who. Mm -hmm. Maybe somebody from the home country. I have done my best to forget that. No, it was one of ours. Mm -hmm. Uh, Melania. No, I don't have my computer. Like it's Trump. a sleep town. Oh no, no, not Trump. Trump. <laughs> I'm sorry. I autocorrect. 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 <laughs> auto yeah. Um, uh, it was made by who? I don't want. No, I just. Uh, it's like that's old news. <laughs> you want to know about her yeah yeah we don't what are we still talking about no but it was one of our major designers took it on and took some shit for it mm. um i'm not surprised because you know aligning yourself with um a malignant political force probably brings on some of that quantum evil and i can you can call me woo-woo all you want. All I know is that everything that I have made in by my hands, that I have had positive and good feelings towards, still carries that energy with it today. And I know, kind of you were alluding to, I, I don't sew when I'm angry. The projects that I worked on in anger were never successful. Never successful. But even if cut, they were personal, I, you know what I mean? I will, I will use my anger to cut a thousand pieces of something. Mm. I will use the anger to cut because that, that fuels the cutting process. And I'm really not touching. I'm cutting. Mm -hmm. Nothing that I'm touching is, 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 is going to be transferred. So um, I, I, I was incorrect. It was not, an, they could not find an American designer. They, they um, got the gown designed by French designer Hervé Pierre. Mm -hmm. So they had to go to France uh, to get a, somebody who was willing. And, 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 and who did want, who would align themselves with that? Right. I mean, some people, I actually got to ask if, if, if the first, if, if I had a chance, would I? And I was like, um, mm -mm. no, no. Yeah. I'd like, uh, no. Mm -hmm. Ah, no, no, not for any amount of, no, no, God, no, no. Why would I do that? I wouldn't, I wouldn't do a KKK or a Nazi bride gown either. I mean, 
I mean, and the T Rump might be a really, really good panty customer, but I would never fucking sell him a pair of underwear. <laughs> you know what I mean? He's it's, he's a prime candidate for some support hosts. Yes, he is. <laughs> I wish I had a knitting machine. No, I don't, because I don't want to work he, with him. He needs to have some support drawers made for him. Mm. At any rate, uh, poorly dressed man, so cheap. But. So we've talked about a lot of stuff that makes us get fired up and angry, but I kind of want to um, jump back to earlier in our conversation about fashion for good and nonprofit um, events that we've worked on that have really held um, really close places in our hearts. And yes. I know here in Denver that I try to um, make sure that I'm available to do the um, AIDS um, services, uh, event here called Red Ball. And, um, it's very, very close to my heart in that, um, it was such a scary time growing up, um, that this is the closest thing that our age group experienced to, um, a, uh, pandemic um, in its form or earliest forms, it really kind of set up our brain spaces about what was going on um, with Corona um, at these days and times. Um, but because it was so prevalent in the news growing up and so many young friends um, falling to it, it was something that I felt I needed to do for my own heart space um and even though it was really small again it's it had a monetary value of the creation and and being there and showing my best every single time i showed up and so and i will tell you i personally love uh, to watch the red ball i love to see what people come up with i'm always uh very happy and excited to see what you're coming up with and i think it's a great it's a great benefit. It's a great beneficiary. Um, I, I have done AIDS benefits, raising money for AIDS research, raising money for uh, people living with AIDS, raising money for people of color uh, living with AIDS, raising money actually to get uh, 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 affirmative action treatment pills for mothers in South Africa where they can take one pill and give birth to non-AIDS having babies. Um, always something worthwhile and, and worth doing and generally that involves not just showing fashion but donating something to be sold mm -hmm. to raise additional funds um i i, I actually really uh, really felt strongly about doing the um fashionably pink event back in austin which mm -hmm. was you know kind of a good time people people were a bit competitive but but pretty much anyone who could uh run a scene together from from the ridiculous to the sublime uh would put together pink and send it down a runway and uh that was for the susan Komen uh camp that was raising money for women who were going to to after care um breast cancer camps women who mm -hmm. had had mastectomies going and learning how to live with that uh and get, getting them from the hospital and the chemo rooms into nature that was just a wonderful uh thing for me to give give my time and money to and i and i and i never hesitated to do that one um what else what else have we done fundraisers for um 
I know I did a fundraiser um, for a nonprofit music group that provided instruments to um, musicians that were underserved um, and music lessons to those same kiddos. Um, and I donated a guitar, um, an, electric, an electric guitar to that particular um, group too. And so, you know, I think, and being from Austin, um, I really had a desire to do something for the music community. And I know that ham is a really popular uh, way to um, give money. But um, at that point in time, I was wanting to make sure a, a kiddo was, um, you know, being introduced to music and, and could stay with it and that money wouldn't be a problem um, for that. Amazing. Uh, you know, I, I, I had a fabric fund for underprivileged students yep. at the fabric store. That was one way of giving back to the community. Uh, and, and I think it's, you know, I, and I will, I tell people, look, I don't do these little small, if, if you have a fundraiser, run it by me, I might be willing. I did a, I did a show um, for uh, a magazine that was a fundraiser for uh, uh, international something, something back in Austin. Uh, and I was all about, uh, you know, people, um, understanding each other's cultures. That just seemed like a no brainer to me. Mm -hmm. And honestly, I wouldn't have done it if it wasn't for the fact that I was developing this new collection. I showed stuff that was finished stuff that I was in the pro. I just wanted reactions. I wanted to see what was good, how it moved. So, uh, sometimes I do shows because mm -hmm. it's like, um, it's like a litmus test. I can see I can see a lot about the clothing before I actually uh, focus people's attention on the new collection. So there are lots of good things about doing um, uh, uh, fundraisers, and I and I and I hope that no one ever gets their ass so high and mighty that they don't feel like they should do a fundraiser now. And then I think it's a good I think it's a good thing to do just for your soul. Well, and, and instead of directing, when somebody's asking, you know, how do I get more involved in the fashion community um, in my area? Don't, don't, you, just don't. <laughs> just go to New York or LA. Don't. Or if you're wanting to stay in the community and do stuff, start searching for the people that are doing charity, fashion-related things, because at least that's going towards something that has this good intention, this positive intention, this place for this coming from a good place, as opposed to the, the for-profit stuff. And, and I know it's like this dual edged sword for us because um, our society has made it so that um, we are required to wear clothing in every sense of the outside of our house fashion. And um, that, um, for whatever reason, because that is a societal requirement, um, that we have to consider all of the ramifications of us, um, making that happen for people and, and where that comes from, like our actual hands, um, not from a, a machine punching out widgets. Um, I don't know. It's it. it it's all jumbled up in my brain with how everything has run up to this point and how many of these rose colored glasses are being passed out at um, events these days about, you know, what's actually going on. And I, and I think okay, that I'm, I get super frustrated I, by that sometimes. I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to get even deeper. I feel like I'm in Jonestown watching them 
mix up the cyanide purple Kool-Aid and I'm watching the people line up to take the drink and I'm begging them not to. Right. Don't drink the Kool-Aid. Don't drink the Kool-Aid. And I wish I could understand the impetus that makes them want to hand over money to a predator. I wish I could understand that. Yeah. Um, because then maybe I could do something to to dismantle that. But I, 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 you know, I blame Project Runway. All this crazy, all this small town, Austin Fashion Week, Denver Fashion Week, Detroit Fashion Week, fucking Imlay City Fashion Week, Pad Axe. Fa- I mean, mm-hmm. the drinkiest, tankiest fucking monkey's eyebrow Fashion Week, Kentucky, with you know all twelve people in and their best home sewn garb. Uh, that all started after Project Runway, when when the idea of fashion was being uh, sold as something where you could spit mark a dress and make this beautiful ensemble in 22 hours. Um, and that, that did a disservice because they always, I, I don't care how long they told you they had to do those things. They, they're gone to tape those episodes for three fucking months. Do the math, people. 90 days for what, 12 episodes? They're getting more than... Uh, we'll see you tomorrow night with your couture piece. They sold um, Americans on the idea that fashion was fast and easy and simple. And if you won, you could be America's next big thing. And so it's it's this this uh, absolute shit river of, of competitions and shows and competitions, model competitions and designer competitions and stylist competitions. And if you look at the quality of any of it, it's just tripe. And that's sad because people spend money to make tripe. Right. And and they're being congratulated on doing some questionable work sometimes. Oh, let's be honest. They turn out shit work sometimes Mm -hmm. and are, are lauded for it and are praised for it. And and then what's really disheartening is the super talented people that get the exact same feedback. And they don't believe it because you just told that other person that their stuff was awesome. Your shit's genius. awesome. Yeah, genius. I don't fucking believe you now. I'm I sorry, I, I don't. don't. You apparently do not know what genius looks like, so thank you. But no, thank you. Yeah, no, and, and that is that is that's sort of the unseen uh, underbelly of it. it, it I, 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 God. The first time I used the term that I was Austin's most hated, loved and hated man in fashion um, was right after a fashion week when everyone was talking about, and I'm not going to name names because I don't want to embarrass people, but there were multiple designers that had no business calling themselves designers. They were at best hobbyists who had watched too many episodes of Project Runway, dropped some acid, got themselves skunk drunk, and decided that they were going to put on a fashion show for uh, fashion week. Um and I found a picture online of the most ill-fitting, horrible, horrible, ill-fitting, bad, obviously bad dress that I could find. And I wrote how wonderful. I wrote a huge six-paragraph uh, ode to the amazingness of this dress. <laughs> and people were like, what are you talking about? And I'm like, oh, I'm, I'm, I, I thought that this was good because I, I see dresses... Uh, made even more important than this being praised. I figured you all would like this. Well, that's when I started getting the, the original hate mail. And I'm like, come on, people, you know. Megan, I know when I put out a turd. Mm-hmm. I know. Mm-hmm. I, 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 and we all do it, like, because the time ran out. 
I, 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 I hand stuff over that I don't think that the zipper is perfect on. And I just shut my fucking mouth because they will never want it as perfect as I did. But um, I know when I haven't done my best. I know when something is not up to par. I also know how to stop mid-creation and let go of the idea, edit it down so that I can still turn out a well-made garment. And that's that's a skill set that takes time to develop. But mm-hmm. like, don't don't say that it's good if it is obviously bad. Yeah. Don't call it genius if it's only a couple of scarves with a chain attaching them. Marketing genius, you're making great money bully for you. This is not design genius. This is not design genius. This, this is, is not innovative. <laughs> this is not, this is business. And, and not everything has to be people. Mm-mm. I mean, I made more money making uh, uh, high-end linens for an event company than I made making wedding dresses. So I'm I'm not a proud one. I'm not trying to shame anyone for for making money, but let's let's not tell lies about what we do. Well, and and stop inflating things that are not that thing. You know, it's okay for a napkin to be a napkin. It's okay. It, it like period. It, it, I, I just don't understand why there has to be such flowery language trying to disguise something else. And so, and, and I think really that's what our whole episode today was about is, is, you know, putting lipstick on a pig. <laughs> that's a good old Texas saying. Yeah. Well, as we would say in Detroit, you can't take a prostitute to church. And that was another riveting podcast. Thank you for joining us. This is your co-host, Benson. I'd like to remind you guys, if you'd like to find us on social media, our links are on our website. And our website is www.advancedfashiondisruption.com.